Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for welcoming me to your pulpit this Sunday. Uh, my name is uh, Henry Hoekstra. I'm a student, uh, Master of Divinity student at Puritan Reform Seminary in Grand Rapids. Uh, and I'm also a, a middle and high school teacher. I teach Old Testament and New Testament uh, to eighth, ninth, and 10th graders. And so it's a little bit about myself. I'm here with my lovely wife, Natalie, and then my father and mother, Harlan and Lenora, they uh, came with me to support me, encourage me, and to, uh, to drive me up here. And so we're very excited to come, and I'm excited to be here to serve you and to bring God's word to you guys. And uh, you've been a blessing to me already. Uh, I've only been here for an hour, but you've already been a blessing. I've talked to a few of you, uh, and so you blessed me through your, your fellowship. And I just wanted to let you know that. And I'm sure there will be more where that came from. So thanks for having me. That's a little bit about myself. Uh, but thank you. Will you turn with me in your copy of God's word to Psalm 23? Psalm 23. We'll read the, the uh, full psalm and then... My message today, I'm just going to take it uh, verse by verse. Uh, that's what my pastor does back at home. Uh, yeah, so I'm part of a Presbyterian church back at home, so forgot to mention that. But my pastor back at home, he, he goes verse by verse, and I really like that uh, he does that because just giving us scripture and then applying that uh, to our lives. And so that, that's what I hope to do today. But here is the word of God, and we... This is God's holy word. It's divinely inspired. It stands through all ages and it applies. So uh, hear with me as I read God's word from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup overfloweth, or runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So thus far we read from God's uh, holy and inspired word and the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. So will you, will you pray with me? Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, this day that you have made, Lord, and we rejoice and are glad in it. We have just sung of your, your salvation, Jesus saves. And those two words right there, Lord, are, the, are some of the best words, if not the best words, that uh, we have in this life, Lord. And so we thank you for this, this day and this life that you have given us, Lord. But we thank you most of all for your Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord. And we just have read about the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, our shepherd, the sovereign uh, Lord over the whole universe, Lord. And I pray that today we would come to know that personally and experientially in our, our own lives, Lord. To know uh, 
Lord, that you are with us and that we lack nothing, Lord. And that even in the midst of our circumstances that are trying and, and hard, Lord, that you are there with us. You are leading us through it, uh, Lord. Um, and so I pray that you would apply this word to, to my heart and to everyone else's hearts here today, Lord. I pray that you would be with me, um, utterly dependent on you, Lord. So maybe your spirit be with me, Lord, and may I prove to be to faithfully preach your word, Lord. And so by your spirit, apply that to our hearts and minds. And I pray this in the pardon of our sin. Amen. Psalm 23 might be the, the most loved psalm out of the 150 psalms. It is a, a beautiful psalm written by David that presents to the Christian his unpar- or her as well unparalleled comfort. His unparalleled comfort rooted in the good and faithful shepherd God. The good and faithful shepherd God that is sovereignly loving to his people in all circumstances. For as we shall see in every situation and circumstance in life, God is readily present and mightily available for relief, security, and certainty. These truths about God are portrayed to us through the shepherd-sheep relationship. The author David portrays God in this way because he was a shepherd. The shepherd-sheep relationship through the illumination of the Spirit, spoke to David. The shepherd-sheep relationship was used by the Spirit so that he might be confronted over and over in a tangible way with his weakness, his need, uh, depravity, and wayward ways. In a word, it taught David his utter dependency on God. David's depravity and his circumstances drove him to God, his shepherd. Right before his eyes and as an active participant, he could see a perfect picture of God. God who always provides and gives rest, strength, righteousness, security, peace, and life. The shepherd-sheep relationship was personal to David. It is what gave him hope when he sinned. It is what gave him relief when his enemies surrounded him. It is what gave him confidence for the future. In every circumstance. So too may it be for you and for me today. You and I, though, we will never know the deep love and care of God unless we experientially know him as our shepherd. And so just as the shepherd-sheep relationship was personal to David, so too may it be for you and for me uh, as well. See then with me in Psalm 23 the God of full salvation for the believer in every circumstance. The God of full salvation for the believer in every circumstance. And under this theme, I I just, I want to consider two things. The shepherd confessed by David, and then the shepherd's work as David's confidence. So two things under that, the theme, the God of full salvation. The first theme, the shepherd confessed by David, and then secondly, the shepherd's work as David's confidence. And so we'll consider firstly here, the shepherd confessed by David. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The first part of verse 1 sets the stage for the rest of the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. 
Earthly shepherds show great faithfulness to their sheep, as you know. They go the extra mile for the sheep. They seek out the one sheep that has strayed from the pasture. But the grandeur of this verse is that the Lord God of Israel is David's shepherd. This brings David delight. David knows that although he too is a loving and faithful shepherd, there is only so much he can do for his sheep. David has physical limitations and is only able to provide so much for his sheep. But on the other hand, God, the great God of Israel, has no limitations when it comes to his care and provision for his sheep. For the Lord God of Israel, he is sovereign and in control over all things. So what would have come to David's mind as he contemplated, the Lord is my shepherd? What would have come to mind? What would have come to mind is, is every time the Lord's sovereignty overrode the power, the pomp, the triumphs, and plans of Israel's enemies. He would have thought to himself, the Lord God of Abraham, who provided him a son in what was the most unlikely and improbable circumstances, is my shepherd. The Lord uh, God of Abraham, who provided a sacrifice in place of Isaac, is my shepherd. The Lord God who made and kept the covenant with Abraham while he was sleeping is my shepherd. The God of Moses who delivered the Israelite people from the hands of their, their wretched and wicked enemies uh, that was Pharaoh and his host is my shepherd. The God of Israel who parted the Red Sea and flooded the Egyptians is my shepherd. The Lord God of Israel, who, although they were a stiff-necked and rebellious people, uh, gave them the promised land. He is my shepherd. The Lord God of his people who promised to, the, to give them a savior from their line that would rescue them from their sin is my shepherd. This, the only Lord God of heaven and earth, is my shepherd. You see, this is what you and I must do as well when when we doubt, when we fear, when we are anxious, and, and maybe are in bed with our head on the pillow, going through all the things that, that scare us or uh, bring us fear or make us unsettled, we must force ourselves to say with David, the Lord is my shepherd. Say it loudly in your head. Or even it helps me sometimes to say it out loud. And then and do it repeatedly. And then, and then after that, remember uh, all the, the pillars or statues uh, that you set up in your life in remembrance of what God has done for you. The times he showed up, the times he showed up powerfully or, or subtly. So let his sovereign care and his provision and faithfulness propel you into the morrow with utmost courage. Courage rooted in your sovereign and omnipotent shepherd. You see, it is easy for us to think that we lack something. It is easy to think that maybe we even lack everything. But the God of David is telling you and telling me that you lack nothing. You have everything in him. Precisely because he is sovereign and omnipotent. You have salvation. You have eternal life. 
You have comfort in the midst of your struggles. You have peace. You ha and I have hope for the future. You have the love of God in Jesus Christ. You have his fatherly love and tender care amid your trials and your struggles. You have everything. And, and in pleasant times, we know this, right? We know this. But, oh, but in the, in the bad times, in the dark times, you and I must see that we still have everything in our faithful shepherd. For the Lord God, he, he subverts the bad times. He, he takes the bad times and he flips them on their head. And he uses them for our good and for ultimately for his glory. The Lord is our shepherd. We lack nothing. We have everything and more in him. We have what humanity yearns for but cannot find. Security, security, security. Certainty, certainty, certainty. We have it. We have it by God's grace in our great shepherd, Jesus Christ. And this is, this is what J David gets at or what he means in verse 2 where he says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Have you ever been discontent with your life? Have you ever felt like maybe you lack something? Do you feel anxious? Maybe it was a, a physical need, or, uh, but more importantly, maybe a spiritual need. Is it not amazing how God has led you to green pastures? Like a sheep in Israel, you and I were wandering around the, the dry and weary land without a shepherd. Then the Lord found you and me by the power of his word and, and led us to green pastures. And he makes us lay down in those green pastures of contentment. He made you and I lie down in the green pastures of peace. He eased our soul in Jesus Christ. He gave us rest. When there was no rest, when there was only anxiety and worry, the shepherd came and gave us food and rest for our souls. And you and I, we know it was he who brought us to these green pastures in the dry land. Because for the sheep in these green pastures, uh, or in the dry and weary land, these green pastures are almost impossible for them to find. And even if, if sheep know where the green pastures are found, they still need someone, the shepherd, to uncover those green pastures. For the green pastures talked about here, if you go to Israel, you see. You might go and you might say, where are these green pastures? It's, it's dry, it's desert, but these green pastures are under, they're little tufts. Under, under rocks. And so the sheep need the shepherd to come and uncover those green pastures uh, for them. Again, when we read this, we think of lush meadows, but that's not what it's like uh, in Israel. It is a dry and weary land, and there's seemingly no green pastures because they are hidden under, under rocks. He makes us lie down in green pastures. This is what God our shepherd does for us. Sometimes he does it for us when we know we need it. We know we need it. Other times he does it for us radically when we don't even realize we need it. When we are completely lost or blinded by sin. It is the Lord God over all things, our shepherd, who makes us lie down in the green pastures of contentment, peace, and rest for the soul in the trying circumstances of our life. 
If the shepherd knows where the green pastures are, he then too knows where the still waters are and, and thus leads the shepherd there as well. The shepherd gives you food and water for the soul to sustain you. It is certain. It, this is the shepherd's job. No matter the circumstances of life, whether it is spiritual anxiety, depression, doubt, or questioning God's love for you, he always leads you to the still waters of Jesus Christ. He brings to you a reminder of his love for you. Maybe through the songs that we sang or through scripture reading or through the encouragement of other people. Or maybe by the spirit, uh, uh, scripture comes to your memory. He, he always leads you to the still waters of Jesus Christ. The reminder of his love for you. A reminder of his righteousness that is yours in Jesus Christ. As Matthew 5 verse 6 states, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be satisfied. For some of you, maybe, uh, if you're more diligent, diligent, you, you drink the water of life daily. You wake up early, just as sheep do, to drink uh, the dew from off the, the vegetation. You wake up and you feed on the riches of God's love for you as you read his word. That has become a habit for you just like the sheep in Israel. But if maybe you're like me, from, from time to time you fall into habits of not drinking from God's word in your personal life. And like a sheep, you are dumbfounded as to the reason why you are distressed. Sheep are that dumb, you see. Even when the reason can be so obvious, they uh, so obvious they are still uh, left without a clue. That is until the Lord, your shepherd, leads you to the still waters through the means of the preached word or, again, the encouragement of a brother or sister. Then the Lord renews your strength. He gives peace, rest, and contentment for whatever you are facing at the moment. For read with me, verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. A big part, if not the main thing, of understanding God as your sovereign and omnipotent, omnipotent shepherd is understanding that you are part of his family. The Christian is, is adopted by the Lord God and brought into his family. Being a part of this family does not mean, though, that uh, everything will be okay. David experienced this with his sheep, those sheep that he adopted into his fold or, or family. There were times when he would have to, to soothe their necks or their head area because of the pesky bugs that would drive them crazy to the point where sheep will even uh, start banging their heads over and over on rocks or on a wall or times when they would wander away and would have to go and search them out to bring them back into the field, into the fold. But David also experienced this personally, did he, did he not? There are so many instances in the psalm where he cries out to the Lord. For instance, Psalm 28, verse 1, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord. Or in Psalm 25, verse 1, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. David knew what it was like to be downcast. He knew what it was like to be a downcast sheep. Uh, before the face in the presence of God, his shepherd. 
It is not uncommon, nor is it rare to be downcast as a child of God. What would be rare is, is if as a child of God, you never found yourself downcast. If you never find yourself anxious in temptation, saddened because of the effects of sin, sorrowful or sorrowful and lost or grieving in sin. To be downcast, to be saddened, sorrowful and to be poor in spirit is the reality of the Christian life. But it is equally common and equally true that God comes to us as the great shepherd in precisely in moments like these and restores our soul. He picks us up when we are swept off our feet because of our sin. He comforts us with tender words and loving kindness when we are sorrowing over the loss of loved ones. We may not come away from these things unscathed. We may have wounds, scratches, and cuts, but the Lord is, is faithful in restoring our souls. But what about when I stray? What about when I, I go headlong into folly, you might ask? Headlong into my besetting sins? Surely then God is angry with me. Surely then he is so displeased, displeased with me that there is no way he will ever restore my soul. Surely he will leave me to my own devices. There is good news for you, Christian, in this circumstance. He will restore your soul. For you, you have been brought into the fold. You have been adopted by the great shepherd of sheep. He does not deal with you lightly, but he pours, he pours his whole heart into caring for you. Yes, he does have a, a rebuke for us. Yes, he does have a disciplining hand on us. But even this, even that is part of loving restoration, the loving restoration of God. Remember David's great sin, how God used the prophet Nathan to restore uh, his soul. That discipline was not fun for David. It, it was public. It was shameful. It was sorrowful in that the son he had uh, generated bore the brunt of the punishment. Yet through this discipline, the Lord lovingly restored David's soul. So too, he brings you and me back. He disciplines you, but he sets you back on paths of righteousness and keeps you on them. Are those are those paths of righteousness uh, a pathway that is made for you and me to walk on our own, in our own strength? Is it such that God puts you on the beginning of the path and then charges you to then walk on it in your own might as best as you can? Oh no, that cannot be. For the God of the universe has had a plan mapped out for you and for me from the beginning. He had a plan of, of righteous paths that he has foreordained you and I to walk in, for you and I to walk in by the power of the Spirit. You see, it is God's grace that keeps us in paths of righteousness. It is his sustaining grace through the power of the Spirit that, uh, that leads you on paths of righteousness. For the text says it is his, for his own name's sake. It is not something that you and I take any credit for. No, it is the Lord who leads us on a path 
through this life marked out by righteousness. And he leads us along this path of righteousness through, through ordinary means, through, through prayer, through scripture reading, uh, preaching, uh, the Lord's Supper, baptism, and meditation. But as Matthew Henry states so plain and so simply, the, the Puritan commentator, he says, in these paths, we cannot walk unless God both lead us into them and lead us in them. It is only by God's grace. This is David's confession. The Lord is his shepherd. The, the shepherd makes him to lie down. The shepherd leads him to green pastures and besides still waters. The shepherd restores his soul and the shepherd leads him on paths of righteousness. What confession is better than that one? What confession could harbor more confidence? There is none. There is none. And this, this is why we consider now point number two, the shepherd's work as David's confidence. Because from out of, this con out of his confession, there is an abundant and unparalleled confidence for life, for us in this life, and as we come to face death. And so we consider the shepherd's work now as David's confidence. Verse 4 states, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David has followed a progression here. He was given nourishment when hungry and thirsty. He was restored when uh, he was dismayed and went astray. He then was put back on paths of righteousness and, and is led along these paths. Now we see that David, as he's on these paths, he is now come face to face with the reality of death. The shadow of death looms large over him because of his sin. It is like a cloud that hangs over your head, ready to send its rain down at any moment. Except that for David, death has no sting. Death is, is painful and it's sorrowful, but death has no victory and death has no substance because the great shepherd is leading him to it, through it, and beyond it. David finds hope in the face of death as he looks to his faithful and sovereign shepherd. For even when it comes to death, the Lord is the one who is shepherding his sheep through it to the other side. Have you ever found yourself maybe more confident about the Lord leading you when it comes to, to the things of life than maybe the things of death? It is easy to do that. It is easy to think that the Lord has got you when it pertains to this life. And to keep the thought of death at bay. For death seems so ominous. It seems so lofty of a suffering, of a sorrow, of a reality. It hits too close to home for us to believe and to be confident that, that God is there too. That God will lead you and me and guide you and me through it to our eternal home, to our eternal shepherd. Yet this is David's greatest confidence. David is so confident that in the face of life's greatest terror, he fears no harm and no evil to come his way. What a confident faith.
faith. Thou art with me. I have no reason to fear. For the Lord God has promised to defeat death. In that, and in that promise, with his, his rod and his staff, he deals a defeating bl- uh, blow to the foe, which is death. And we know that that defeating blow dealt to death uh, is none other than the person and work of Jesus Christ. None other than the fulfillment of that promise made to God's people in the Old Testament time. Death and every other darkness that might haunt the believer is beaten down. It is beaten down and and if you will, it is bloodied to death by the power of God and the work of Jesus Christ. This is the believer's confidence as he or she goes through this life. This is the confidence out of which we are called to live. This is the confidence that, that overcomes the world, the flesh, and the devil. Do not fear, my friends. Do not fear. We need to say that to ourselves. We need to say that to each other. More and more. We need to look each other in the eye and and tell each other, brother, sister, do not fear. For the Lord is with you. Fear no evil. And we need to not just say it, but we need to, to live it. Live out of it. Show your fellow brother and sister in Christ what it looks like to live a life in a spirit of, of confidence and power rather than fear. For Verse 5 says, You, Lord, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. In the presence of all your enemies, the Lord prepares a table. That is, in the presence of, of your grief over your sin, your sin itself, your sorrows, your ailments, your fears, your pains, and all and any of that harm that comes your way, the Lord deals with you and me bountifully in mercy. The Lord gives you all the provisions that you need in the face of these things. The Lord supplies all that you need physically and spiritually. He has given you a table as you live your life in the presence of all of these things, chucked full of everything that you need. And when you're not aware of that table set before you, that table filled with every spiritual blessing, it is the good providence of God that anoints uh, your head with oil. Just as shepherds do with sheep who are driven to anxiety and paranoia because of um, the, the irritating bugs and insects, so too does God pour forth soothing oil that rele- on our heads that relieves our fears. This he does through his spirit. How, how many times have you and I heard a message from somebody or been in a conversation with somebody or read some scripture or, or prayed and uh, we are relieved of our fears and pains? You see, you and I, we lack nothing. We have everything that we need. We have everything at our disposal. It is not that we might lack something. No, rather, it is that our cup, it overflows We have more than we need. We have more than we can imagine. We have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, Ephesians 1, verse 3 states. You and I have every spiritual blessing. 
so much so that we cannot even bring it all, begin to bring it all to remembrance. It is this reality in the heart of the believer that almost instinctively drives them to worship God by saying with David in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the end of their confidence. It is confidence that no matter what might come their way, it will be followed and outweighed by goodness and mercy, the goodness and mercy of God. For all things work together for good in their life. Yes, even, even the painful, heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, sorrow-filled and grief-ridden providences of God. It is actually precisely these things that the good shepherd subverts and, and, or flips on their head and uses for our good. Is it not so? I trust that you, uh, or I trust that you, you do this as maybe you look back on your life. Do you not praise God even or especially for those painful providences? I trust that you do, for these things fall under the category of God's goodness, for they shape us more and more into the image of Christ. It's hard, hard to look at those painful things and to thank God, but he, he uses them to, to shape us and mold us to look more like him. I can tell you from my experiences, I look at the past, my past and the sins I've been through, discipline of parents or whatever it may be, I'm very thankful that that happened, right? Because it stopped me right in my, my, my footsteps and turned me another way or, or shaped me to be more like Jesus Christ. And really, our, our whole life is nothing short of the mercy of God. For it is only because of the mercy of God that we are not cast into outer darkness. For that is what we deserve. But by God's grace, we are brought into fellowship with him. A fellowship that is experienced now by faith in Jesus Christ through the spirit. And it is, it is that fellowship, that perfected fellowship of friendship with the living God. Which is what we look forward to being perfected. In glory. All praise to Jesus Christ, the shepherd who leads us all the way until we reach that day, that moment. This is the Christian hope. This is the, the Christian satisfaction. This is the Christian's contentment. This is the Christian's peace that the, the Lord, the sovereign and omnipotent and faithful God is their shepherd. And as you know it, as you know, it is Jesus Christ who is the, the fulfillment of this psalm. He is our shepherd through all of life's circumstances. He is our savior, our brother, our friend, and our good shepherd. He is leading. He is the one leading us through uh, all of this life. And it is his voice that we follow for his sheep. Listen to his voice. They know him and they follow him. And it is precisely the voice of the great shepherd that makes it so that we can say in every and all circumstances with true joy and peace, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord God of full salvation 
is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Yet, if you're not a believer, if you're, if you're not finding your only source of, of hope in this life uh, and in death in Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, then you cannot confess with David and other believers the same confidence that is Psalm 23. You, you do confess, and you may be confident, oh yes, but your confession and your confidence, you must know, are the opposite of this psalm. My pastor did this one time uh, at home. He preached through a psalm, and then he just did the op- said the opposite of the psalm. He just kind of set the weight in for what it's like for the other side, for the unbeliever. And th- that was the motivation behind me doing this, because I think it really is quite something. The confession might go something like this. I have no shepherd. In everything I'm left wanting, I make myself lie down in a dry and parched land. I wander about and am swept by the waves of this sin-cursed world. My soul is vexed. I am determined to go my own way for the sake of my pride. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am fearful of everything. For I am against God. I have no shepherd to comfort me. In the presence of mine enemies, I am left to my sinful self and devices. My mind is always anxious and dismayed. My cup is empty. Surely wickedness and judgment shall follow me all the days of my life. And my dwelling will be in separation from the living God all the days of my life. I don't know about you, but that sounds horrible, does it not? That sounds terrifying, right? But that, that's the reality, though, of everyone who is outside of the sheepfold. Everyone who is outside of Christ. That is the reality of those who do not know the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. There is no hope. There is no security. There is no salvation in all of life's circumstances in the reality and the reality of death. Do you want to live like this, unbeliever, with this confession? Or do you hear the voice of the shepherd God? Is, is he speaking to you now through his word? Repent and believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Then will the God of Psalm 23 be your confession. Then will the God of Psalm 23 be your confidence. And maybe you're wondering, I don't know, maybe... Maybe I am a believer. Maybe I am an unbeliever. Are, are you, have you confessed your sins to God? Are you looking to Jesus Christ every day? Do you, do you believe? There, there, you can use those things as signs to, to uh, help you understand if you're struggling. Am I a believer? Am I an unbeliever? I, maybe I have doubts. But ultimately, ultimately look to Christ the Savior of the world, the one who uh, paid for sin and death through his, his, his once-for-all sacrifice uh, on the cross. Look to him. Rest in him. Find your hope and your insurance in, assurance in him. Funny that I would say that because the world is looking for security, are they not? Through insurance policies, things like, like that. But do come to... To Jesus Christ.
we need him. So thank you for uh, letting me bring a word to you, and will you uh, pray with me? That's okay. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, Psalm 23. Lord, I it has meant a lot to me. It has opened my eyes up to how faithful you are to, to me, and, and you don't leave me to my own devices, Lord, but you soothe my soul with water and with, with green pastures, Lord, and your rod and your staff, Lord, and even, even in the face of life's greatest foe, Lord, you have brought so much confidence and assurance in my life, Lord, and, and I pray that you would speak to your people here today, uh, uh, speak to them, comfort them, Lord, and, and maybe rebuke some and who maybe have been wayward, Lord, and, and draw them back, Lord. And, and for the unbeliever, Lord, I pray that you just press their conscience and their heart with their need for a Savior, Lord. And then may, may they come to Jesus Christ, even, even today, Lord. So bless the rest of this service, Lord. Uh, bless us as we go our, our own way, Lord. Guide, guard, and protect us. Be with us in all of our individual cir uh, circumstances. And I pray this in your son's name. Amen.